When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. I'll be joined today by Alphonse Sidney. I want to thank one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is East Coast Public Adjusters, which wants to let you know there's only a few months left to open your Irma claim. So call now before it's too late. That's 855-GET-ECPA. If you have a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues, those problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So don't settle for less. Get a free, no obligation. That's right, no obligation inspection. Call East Coast Public Adjusters. They've been in business for 31 years. That's right, since the Miami Heat were born. Here's the number again, 855-GET-ECPA or visit their website, ecpaclaims.com. Their knowledgeable staff standing by to answer all of your questions. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with Alfon Sidney. Make sure you catch up on the last episode that I did with Alex Toledo, um, as you know him as Tropical Blanket. By the way, Alf, we're starting a new segment. We're starting a couple new segments. We've already started five on the floor, so we'll get to that one here today. Uh, but we're also doing I test theater. We need some music for that, so you're going to do that one. And then yeah. we're going to do wet blanket because uh, tropical blanket, <laughs> uh, you know, is always for, for putting a wet blanket on any any hope, right? He's become negative guy on the podcast. He doesn't know how that's happened, but we're going to call it the wet blanket and give him uh, 30 seconds to tell you why something's going to go wrong for the Miami Heat. But anyway, today. We're not going to talk as much about this season. Uh, again, check out the episode I did with Alex. We got into uh, a lot of things that happened, obviously, during that great weekend that the Heat had, the win against the Pacers, the win against the Sixers, uh, the Dragic shot, the Hero shot. Um, obviously, uh, you know, some of the stuff that went on in the locker room after the game, both Alex and I were in the locker room. So I was in Sixers, he was in Heat. So check that one out. Um, that's one was already up to close to 5,000 downloads. So a lot of people already have. But also check out our episode with Myers Leonard and Ellie Leonard that I did last week. Um, everybody really enjoyed that. Uh, really, they've, they've sort of become the sweetheart couple of the Miami Heat, particularly now that Dwayne and Gabby have moved on. So uh, that's something cool to listen to. And we'll have more episodes this week after the games. But for today, Alf and I are going to look back at 2019. The, the calendar year is ending. It's been an eventful year for the Miami Heat where they've gone from an organization that supposedly, according to Zach Lowe, had the bleakest outlook in the NBA uh, to a team that is now second in the Eastern Conference by itself, uh, has cap space coming up, has more good young players than pretty much any other team in the NBA, 
uh, and is selling out uh, American Airlines Arena and everybody wants to come back. So a lot has happened in 2019. We're going to do our top five stories, Alf, uh, of 2019 with the Miami Heat and count them down. Do you have one that you would like to start with that you think is not number one? That I think is not number one. Not to start off negatively, and I don't know if it's completely a negative, the Deion Waiters and James Johnson situation, mm-hmm. how how that thing has turned from where we were at January of 2019 over the summer, thinking that those guys were going to make a big impact in the second unit, to the fact that now that the Heat are sitting there, what is that, $36 million? Not $36 million, uh, $29 million on the bench. Mm-hmm. And the Heat are... The, they have the third best record in the entire NBA. So the Heat being able to bounce back from not having those guys and the Heat, whatever, putting their foot down, we don't know the entire story. Maybe maybe just calling it the return of Heat culture. Um, but it's to me, it's just so interesting how they've $29 million on the bench and they just it does not seem to phase this team at all. Um, James Johnson is on the bench, fake mm-hmm. fainting during Derrick Jones Jr. dunks. Uh, Deion Waiters is back on the bench, not always looking like he's having the greatest time <laughs> in the world. No. Um, but I, but we, I've seen some of the videos from practice and shoot around. He's interacting with his teammates. He, uh, the other day, he was right next to Spo during the Chris Silva, uh, the, the big Chris Silva reveal when his, when, when his mom came. And he was standing right there next to Spo, so they're actually, they were they were having a huddle after practice, and Dion's right there with Spo. So maybe that relationship is is being fixed, but that whole thing to me has just been this weird backstory behind the season, and it's it hasn't affected them on the court, but it's just been very interesting to talk about. Yeah, no doubt, and it's what I keep saying that Pat Riley said I let the culture slip. And he decided from the very beginning he would not. And it didn't actually start with Dion. Remember, uh, Dion, we were we felt good about going into training camp. You know, he was meeting with the media during training camp. Alex and I were up there interviewing him during training camp up in West Palm. Uh, the issue uh, was James Johnson, actually, and, and this standard that Riley had that was a standard beyond the Heat's difficult conditioning standards. And they just decided they were not going to bend on it and that he needed to be a certain weight. And if he wasn't a certain weight, he wasn't going to play. Now, I don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes with James Johnson because I feel like there has to have been more uh, to, to have him on the outs the way he's been because there have been games where he's been a natural fit. We've talked about it, even if it's for a few minutes. Like, if he can give you anything at this point, you would have used him in those situations, and they didn't, and Spolster didn't. So there's got to be more there, but it's both of them. But I'm going to fold a couple of other things into this. Uh, this was going to be a separate one, but I actually have an idea for a separate one. Uh, I'm going to throw a white side in there, too. If we're going to talk about a culture change for the yeah. Miami Heat, the, the single biggest thing that had to happen didn't really have anything to do with Dion or JJ. It had to do with Hassan Whiteside. They, they had to get him out of here. Uh, they just did. And I, I've said over and over, you know, I was told by more than one Heat executive, this is worth at least five wins to us just to get him off the roster. And part of that was so that you could get Bam elevated. And part of it was so their exposure could smile again. But I think you, you see what's happened in Portland. They're digging out of it a little bit now, but they've way underachieved. Um, and you take a look at the Heat, who have way overachieved. It's not a direct correlation, but there's some causality there. And <laughs> I just think when you look at the white side thing, it had already gone a year or two too long. Um, there was no fixing it. 
And when you're occupying that kind of money, like you talk about 29 million, he was occupying that almost by himself. Yeah. And so it, it, it could, it could not last. It could not stand. And if, if you look at what they got in exchange, a guy like Myers Leonard, uh, who is heat culture personified, right? Like it could not have worked out any better, you know, and if they had been able to keep the other piece to that trade, Mo Harkless, but of course, you know, we know what happened and they had to move him to move a first round pick. And, but because of that, they still have Dragic. Mo Harkless would have been heat culture also. So there was a, uh, there was a concerted effort to get away from sort of the, the toxic nature of what Hassan had brought here. And it's just his personality. It wasn't going to change. Um, he's not a bad human being by any means, by any account. No, it's just, it's just not a good fit for what they're doing. It was never a good fit. I think they looked at him as somebody who they'd helped mold. So maybe he, they could mold him beyond that. But the problem is once he was molded to a player that can make that kind of money, he wasn't going to listen anymore. And you still hear it. You know, he's still calling himself, you know, the best defender center in the league. The numbers don't bear that out. It's just, it, it, they, he, he needed to go. And, and so it's, it's all three of them, but you're right. The fact that they've done this, you know, we talked for a while about what they were trying to do with Chris Bosch's money sidelined. Well, basically they have Chris Bosch's money sidelined now. Like, I mean, again, obviously it wouldn't yeah. be Bosch again, right? They just, it's just <laughs> occupied by JJ and waiters by less sunny personalities, at least in waiters, case. Um, you mentioned waiters. I have noticed him being around a little more. There's an unfortunate screenshot. That's the one that I happen to tweet out that shows him being the only person not celebrating during Tyler Hero's shot the other night. But I, I think, again, it's a moment in time. We used to catch Hassan in those. The problem is Hassan had so many of those that it was very easy to catch and him there in was, those. And there was plenty of times that Dion Waiters was celebrating uh, yes. the past couple nights. Uh, it was nice to see, and we'll get to Justice later on, mm-hmm. Justice on the bench waving the towel, uh, I mean, just going absolutely crazy, celebrating with the teammates. Um, it, to me, it just it, I don't know if that has it's any indicator, but it felt like, if anything, it it, it might have it, it, it might have been like, damn, I want to be back out there with these guys. So hopefully, right. seeing that seeing what happened over the weekend, uh, I know there's a bone bruise, but hopefully, it gets Justice back a little bit quicker. Yeah, no doubt. And, and look, um, I, I think that's what we were hoping for with Dion and JJ was that they would see how much fun this is and be like, I just want to get in there somewhere. Uh, but I don't think Dion ever looked at it like that. I don't know if JJ did. I really don't. But I mean, right now he's just wearing space suits to the arena. So I'm, I'm not really sure. All right, let's, let's get to number four in our countdown. And uh, to me, this is the, the, the full blooming of the Heat's development program. Uh, that has occurred over the past calendar year. And I, I think, you know, we did a whole podcast on this. So again, I recommend that Andy Ellisberg and Adam Simon, I'll tell you, nobody's been talking to the two of them about this. Okay. So that's a pretty unique opportunity that I had and, and I was really appreciative for it. And it's great, great stuff. If you want to hear about why they targeted Duncan Robinson and why he's now become the number one uh, EFG percentage guy, if you know, <laughs> Uh, in the entire NBA right now, listen to that podcast. But just to cover it here a little, Alf, there was a shift in the organization. Uh, it's been happening for a while. Uh, Andy and, and, and Adam addressed this about what they were trying to do with Sioux Falls. I have given Eric a lot of credit. He wanted a developmental coaching staff. That's what he has now. It's his staff, even though he's had obviously a couple of defections with Fizz and with Juwan but he's made the changes he's wanted to make. They have a pipeline of coaches, not just players from Sioux Falls, but coaches from Sioux Falls, guys like Eric Glass, et cetera, uh, Dan Craig, of course, 
that where you know th- there's there's a connection between those two. They've identified a lot of the right players, but as Adam Simon told me, they've also identified some of the wrong players. And the fact that they have such a program in place, they're able to figure that out and decide not to invest more in them. And I, he didn't mention specific names, but you look at a guy like Yante Maton, who was somebody we talked about a little bit, just wasn't going to pan out, right? Like Okara White, okay, was another one. Gave them a little bit, wasn't going to pan out. But they have found the guys who have panned out, and now you have. Again, Kendrick Nunn is not really a developmental story for them in that way because he was sort of being developed by Golden State, right? And then they poached him. But still, it's part of the program. But Duncan Robinson, uh, now Chris Silva, who they added over there, and obviously, you know, you look in the past at guys like Tyler Johnson, et cetera, and even Whiteside, uh, but they're doing it at a, at a better level now uh, than they've ever done it before. And what they've done, Alf, is they've essentially gamed the system. Because what you have here is in the NBA, everybody has the same amount of money, right? It's about finding advantages on the margins. And they have, they have identified an advantage on the margins, something that is, that is exploitable for them, and they've exploited it. And they, I, it's just you look at who Jimmy Butler, and we haven't talked about Jimmy at all, but obviously he's going to be later in the podcast. You look at who Jimmy Butler is playing with out there sometimes. and you're They have like, three value deals in the starting lineup. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so I mean, you, you look at what Jimmy's playing with. I say what, but or who? Uh, and you're like, wow, Jimmy Butler came here for this, and these are the guys he's playing with? And they've been as good or better teammates than anybody he's had before. So uh, to me, the development program is number four for 2019. Yeah, and, and Duncan Robinson is just the shiny example of a guy. Like, <laughs> I was on – um. I was on Hockman and Crowder, and I said, I have to maybe go back and delete all my tweets from last year about Duncan because I did not see him as an NBA player. And then he started showing it in Summer League. I think we've just, we discussed it over the summer. He looked better than anybody in Summer League in certain games. Like You could tell he was just – he was a man amongst boys in the Summer League. And then he comes into the season, Justice gets hurt, he gets injected into the starting lineup, and, man, like – he is automatic. Now, he has a foul problem that needs to get figured out. But he, it, when he releases the ball, you expect it to go in every single time. And for, for, for a guy who was a fringe, fringe G League guy a year ago to now be in the starting lineup of one of the best teams in the NBA, be automatic, has developed his body. And, we'll, you know, we talk about heat culture. We talk about – the, the work ethic and the conditioning and everything. He's developed his body where he has the strength to guard other small forwards in this league. Like, it's just an amazing story. And like you said, with Silva, none, uh, just across the board. And that goes back to topic number one. The reason they've been able to survive $29 million on the bench is because they have a bunch of guys making minimums and guys like Justice and Bam on sweetheart uh, <laughs> rookie deals. It's just amazing what they've been able to do. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I, you know, I always feel like the next guy they're going to bring up, I mean, take the guy seriously, you know, Daryl Macon comes up, what's he going to be, <laughs> you know, because if, if they've yeah. identified someone in their system, he may not, it may not happen now, but it might be somebody who ends up being in summer league for them next year. And you look back at summer league, I was out in Las Vegas with Alex and you look now at that team that they had out there and no wonder they were winning. <laughs> you know, it was uh, Harrow and Nunn and Sylvan and Duncan Robinson were in their starting lineup. 
They had, four, um, they had four NBA rotation players. Yeah, I, I mean, no wonder they were killing. I mean, you know, we're watching this first game against this Chinese, like sixth, you know, the sixth Chinese team. And we're like, oh, it's not very impressive. But now looking back at it, you're like, oh, okay, that was pretty impressive. All right, let's get to, uh, let's get to number, number three here. And that's Tyler Hero. We're going to devote an entire podcast uh, to Tyler Harrow. We're going to have Nikias Duncan come on and formally apologize because he's already done it uh, <laughs> yeah. in print. But also, uh, if you want to check this out, I had some fun with people. I had put up a poll the night of the draft on whether right after it happened, about an hour after it happened. No, I, it was immediate, but I think it lasts for 24 hours on, on whether or not uh, people liked the draft pick. And I think it was uh, appropriate. Uh, 69% said no. Uh, nice. And, and uh, 69% said no, but the comments are the best. So when we have Nikias on, we're going to have him read some of the tweets. Uh, so this is like that sort of mean tweet segment. We're going to have yeah. people read the tweets about Tyler Hero. In fact, I think if Nikias is ever in the heat locker room again, we should have them read him read them to Tyler directly. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I, uh, but, I made a comment the other day. It's, uh, it's amazing how he competes for rebounds when he had basically no arms at all. And no yes, right. He was the armless <laughs> man when he was drafted. Uh, and and uh, look, I, you know, we talked about Tyler, Alex and I did for about 15 minutes the other night. Uh, his confidence. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at is off the charts. I mean, you know, irrational confidences. Bill Simmons calls it. I mean, Mario Chalmers would not have taken that shot. Deion oh, Waiters no. would not have taken that shot <laughs> no. the other night. The, uh, balls that, the balls on that kid, the pull out, uh, pull up for, first of all, get penetrate the lane and pull back out for mm -hmm. a three-pointer uh, with eight seconds left. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. No, it was crazy. It was absolutely, and you know, and, and to do it when they had two timeouts left too, like anybody else does that. You're like, if Dwayne had done that at the peak of his powers, <laughs> you would have been like, what are you doing? Uh, but Tyler, what when, a but, stupid play. <laughs> but when he shot it, I was, I wasn't even, I wasn't even surprised that it went in. Well, he was backpedaling after he shot it. Like that's, that's his thing. Like he knew it was in. It, that, that was crazy. It was insane. I'm and so he glad shoots I wasn't. I'm so glad I wasn't sitting by you that game. Nah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, you would have been <laughs> fired. Uh, but that's, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, it's just, it's a, it's crazy. And and look, I, he's only going to get better. Um, I told the story on the previous podcast. You know, a Heat official told him to stop comparing himself to Devin Booker because he can be better than Devin Booker as an all-around player. Uh, they see him as an all-star down the road, but an all-star who contributes to winning in a way that maybe Devin has not had a chance or maybe hasn't been able to do so far. Uh, he's been a tremendous, tremendous story, and. I think what we have to do, a couple of things. One, um, obviously, when Pat has a relationship with somebody, you know, as a high-level coach as John Calipari, wouldn't I like to get John on the pod? Um, you know, you should trust it. He's given him Bam out of bio, and he's given him Tyler Harrow. And so, you know, maybe they should stay away from Duke for a little while, which is something we could also discuss. <laughs> but, but it seems like Pat knows two schools, okay, I mean, other than Marquette, wherever John, Tom Green has been, uh, that, you know, Kentucky's working out okay. So I'm going to start watching a lot of Kentucky basketball, I guess. 
uh, to see the next who, heat player. Just to find the next heat player. I will get to more uh, here in a second. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day on that website to direct you to the right place. They handle every imaginable type of legal case, but they specialize, of course, in traffic tickets, personal injury, and immigration. They're based right in North Miami, right off I-95, right before Golden Glades. So you can go in, stop in, uh, make an appointment with them. They've got great people there. We're there a lot. I don't know if we're great people, but we actually have an office in the same building. We've gotten to know everybody uh, with the law firm, whether it's David or Eric or Mendy, everybody else, and Joe, very, very well. So Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, again, that's onecalllegal.com. All right, let's get to number two. And number two, uh, we thought was going to happen a year earlier. Uh, We actually thought this was going to be a 2018 story, but it dragged out into 2019. Uh, Our friend, I guess we can call him a friend. He covers the Panthers for us, uh, among other things, and rabble rouses. uh, Michael Sandvik, you know him as Dutch, uh, has made the point that the best thing that happened to the Heat was not getting Jimmy Butler from Tom Thibodeau at that point because this team would look a lot different right now if they had would not have Tyler Harrow most likely because they probably would have made the playoffs last year. Um, so things happen for a reason. And this did as well. The Jimmy Butler trade though, if you look back at it right now and we saw Josh Richardson here the other night, uh, it was such a no brainer for the heat in all ways. And that's even with liking Josh. But now that you see that the way the heat have been able to develop players younger than Josh Kendrick Nunn is, you know, a couple of years younger than Josh. Um, Duncan is younger than Josh. Obviously, Tyler Harrow is younger than Josh. Derek Jones Jr., younger than Josh. Justice, still younger than Josh. When you take, and Silva as well. When you take a look at all that, uh, the idea that you were giving up a young player, not that Josh is an old player, but that you were giving up a young player was a little bit overstated. Uh, looking back at the Jimmy Butler trade now, your thoughts and, and how it's affected everything. I mean, it's funny. When it happened, Everyone said it's the perfect trade for the Heat. He's the perfect fit. But I don't think any of us fathomed how good this team was going to be uh, this early on and how just seamless the fit was going to be and how him and Tyler have just become just uh, inseparable, him and Bam. And also the relationship with Goron. And you, I know you highlighted a lot, but it's, it's just amazing like he latched on to Goron very early on just how to conduct himself within this organization. And it just shows like the way Jimmy is made up. He reached out to these guys early in the summer, built these bonds, that locker room. I mean, Ethan, you, you see it. These guys love each other. They interrupt each other's (laughs) uh, interviews all the time. They either just mess with each other or sometimes it's just to praise each other. Like Myers, Myers Leonard went off the other day about how great uh, <laughs> Derrick Jones, de- Jones Jr.'s defense was. And he's like, when are they going to stop trying you? He was just and – it's, and it's just hilarious. And it's just – I feel like Jimmy brought that to this team. And I know that they were, they, were, they were close last year, but it felt like there were more factions – you know, the guys were a little bit more separated. Oh, no, no doubt. No, 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 no. The last, you, you mentioned it. I, I, it. Jimmy's made a big difference there. Uh, there were definitely factions, and there have been factions. And the big three teams were, uh, the big three teams were pressurized and intellectual. I mean, you go in that locker room and you'd have James Jones, you know, reading finance books and Chris Bosh reading, you know, Times bestsellers and 
you know, I, you know, it was, it was a very intellectual room. Uh, and everybody was a little on pins and needles because it was all about, okay, everybody's going to go to LeBron, but things are different in that locker room with Jimmy. Um, first thing, Jimmy doesn't do pregame, uh, talk to the media. LeBron used to, and that always created tension in there. Uh, but all, I mean, Jimmy comes in, he's basically listening to Lewis Capaldi all day long, who by the way is not country Alf, um, just cause he's white. Uh, he's, he's Scottish as a Scottish uh, singer. Drogic called it country. So. It's not, well, because but Drogic is not American. Like <laughs> how does he know what's country American? Me, me and Drogic know about the same as uh, about white people music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, apparently this is not white people music because Jimmy Butler last I checked is not white. But anyway, that's what he's listening to. to and if you, if you listen to those, I mean, it's, it's pretty chill. I mean, it's, again, it's not, I feel like every stereotype that anybody has about Jimmy Butler is wrong. It's like, absolutely, it's, wrong. it's just, uh, it is totally dead wrong. It's, it's, and I'm working on a piece about that, you know, talking to, I talked to Dragic for five or six minutes the other day and Jimmy busted in on him and called him an MFR uh, and then gave him a kiss. But I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm about sort of how Jimmy introduced himself to all of his teammates and how those relationships have grown. But it, he has been uh, as, as so much better than advertised off the floor better than advertised as a playmaker. The only thing he hasn't been is a good shooter. And that's, that's a whole nother podcast. I don't want to do it here, but Alex and I got into it, but his numbers are down across the board from pretty much every spot on the floor beyond 10 feet. So that is something to watch. It's something to worry about. You start to wonder a little bit about all the wear he's had all these years. It's not just this year with the playmaking, but all those Tibbs miles that he has on him, something to talk about, but he well, has two, been better than advertised. Two quick things on the shooting. It's scary to think that the Heat are this good, and he hasn't been a great, he hasn't been a great shooter. Um, but he has been getting to the line, and now he's starting to miss some late free throws, which is weird. Um, but everything else he's doing for the team, it's almost it feels nitpicky to complain. But this just and this just goes to show you anybody thinking that the Heat doesn't need Dragic or Winslow or who's better, which one's more expendable. They need those guys if for no other reason to spell Jimmy more and more. Like, since Drog has just come back, Jimmy's minutes have gone down, maybe five, six minutes a game, and that's huge, right? And you bring Winslow yep. back in, it just gives Jimmy more rest. Part of the problem is Jimmy's had a lot on him this mm -hmm. first uh, portion of the season just because they've been missing Drog, they've been missing Winslow, they've been missing all their playmakers, and he's had to do so much offensively. A funny thing, and I, I'm pretty sure this is going to be your number one, um, but just an aside, what you've seen to give Jimmy a break is Bam is playing point guard, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Like, is. Think about that. Bam plays point guard for like I, – I, someone's someone out there can probably track it on one of those uh, stat websites. But to me, like eye test, like it's yeah. like 20% of the game that he's in there, he's bringing the ball up. Mm-hmm. And it's but amazing. by the way, but by the way, he's not my number one. So I'm glad you mentioned him here because uh, I don't want to overlook him, and I feel like we've done that at times since I just. Oh, that's said, an honor. Um, if not, he's I, an honorable. It's, it's an honorable mention. I just said, you know, last night on Channel Seven, I was on SVN and said that Bam's their most important player, uh, and he is in my view. Uh, but he's not my number one. To me, there's only number one, number one, and we shouldn't forget about it. Uh, the way Dwayne Wade went out, I mean, that's 2019. Yeah. And, and the last two games that he had, and you look back at them now, and it could not have been more perfect. And it's probably for the best, Alf, that they didn't make the playoffs because that team, the way that they were going at the end of the year, uh, would have gotten mopped. You know, the floor would have been mopped with them by Milwaukee. 
And so and maybe they got a game, maybe, but I don't even think that would have happened. And so the fact that Dwayne could go out, it would have been better if the last one was at home, but you can't plan that. But he was right about the way he handled everything. I thought he should have just ended that last game against Philadelphia here, uh, last, you know, his last regular season home game. But he went to he went to Brooklyn and he had a triple double, right? <laughs> and so and, and the last assist being to Udonis Haslam. To Udonis Haslam. It was like it's just like some storybook shit. Well, it was, it was but the other thing we shouldn't look past, and this is why to me Dwayne Wade owns 2019 as he owned this franchise for so long. He's the reason Jimmy's here. Yep. You can't put Jimmy before Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne's the reason he's here. Jimmy has acknowledged that the way that the organization repaired things with Dwayne, uh, sent Dwayne out, was a big factor in him deciding that this is the organization he wanted to play for. I think Dwayne's knowledge of Jimmy's personality, knowledge of Riley's personality, knowledge of the other, what the other guys in that room needed. Um, you know, we had, I had Chris Bosch on the podcast several months ago. I'm going to try to get that back out because I don't think a lot of people heard it. But he said on the podcast, the young guys need to take ownership. That mm. was before they made the Jimmy Butler trade. But so he was talking mostly about what Justice, Bam, and Josh primarily, a little bit DJJ, but primarily those three. And now you take a look at it and you look at how the young guys have taken ownership, you know, particularly Bam. Uh, I, I think that you get sort of an idea of what he was talking about. But Jimmy is the guy who put that all together. You needed somebody like a Bosch, okay, in the locker room. It's you can't, you know, and again, Udonis is one guy, but he's not playing. Jimmy's playing. And so Dwayne, I think, understood that, understood what the organization needed. And it wasn't just about making his friend happy. It was also leaving the organization with some something, some piece of himself. And that's what he gave them. So to me, Dwayne Wade, 2019, still his. The Heat move on to 2020 with a new group, new leadership. And what's, what's fascinating also and really great for the Heat is that, like, you don't even hear people in the arena saying they miss Dwayne. Yeah, they're all wearing his jersey. Yeah. They love him. They revere him. They respect him. Uh, you know, I, I obviously have great admiration for him personally and professionally and also for a lot of what he's done related to his son lately, et cetera, and the way that he's stood tall. But, I, I, but it's not about Dwayne anymore. And part of the reason it's not about Dwayne, Alf, is because Dwayne left the organization in such good hands. Really. He really did. And you see him now on Twitter. You see him out there. It, it almost feels like he's still recruiting, right? It yeah. feels like he, he's just like such an ambassador for the team. Um, and I just think that's going to pay dividends for, first of all, the way teams around the league are watching what's happened to Jimmy Butler. Uh, coming into this organization, the fact that Dwayne Wade's still an ambassador out there, I just think it really bodes well for the future, whether it's free agency, somebody forcing a trade, any of that kind of stuff going forward. But, yeah, you're right. And Dwayne, I don't know, if, and we've talked about it before, Dwayne almost had to leave to have that ending, mm -hmm. right? He had to go to Chicago and Cleveland. I, I know people don't like to talk about it, but it's almost like for us to appreciate him again, he had to leave, and it's it's you know it's one of those it's cliche romantic comedy, <laughs> but it is basically what happened. He had to leave. He had to go away for a little while for us to be like, damn, we missed Dwayne. And then when he came back wearing a vice jersey, it was just amazing. Yep. And yeah, and it just he set up, he set the heat up for the next five five years, pretty much. Yeah, he did, and it won't stop. And now he's going to be on television too, talking them up. So that that helps. As well. So going through it again, Dwayne Wade, number one, Jimmy Butler, um, number two, Tyler Hero, number three. We didn't even talk. I mean, development guys, obviously none, Robinson, et cetera. 
number four and then number five, kind of the way they've had to manage uh, the culture in a different way. Today's episode was sponsored, of course, by ECPA Claims. Um, check them out at ecpaclaims.com. Also, it was sponsored by Gold Club. So go check out Gold Club in Pompano. If you're not familiar with where that is, it's right off of Powerline and Copens, open every day from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. And not just a gentleman's club. Ladies get in there free all of the time. We'll be doing another watch party there. Um, I believe we're doing two in February. So go check out Gold Club in Pompano. Say hello to Sean and everybody else there. Next watch party is, Alf, where are we doing our next one? Uh, January 17th at GQ's Craft House in Lauderhill. It's an 8 p.m. start. It's a Friday night. So, um, I mean, no excuses, guys. Come on out. It's going to be a great time. Last time we were at GQ's, uh, the Heat beat the Bucks in overtime. The place was crazy. Uh, we had, what, 40, 50 people there. It was – and it was just nuts. We had such a good time. The people there are great. They they uh, they give us some free appetizers. And it's just a really cool spot to watch a game. So, come on out. We're going to have a great time as usual. And we're undefeated in Broward. We are undefeated. Well, no, we're not undefeated. Are we undefeated in Broward? We, yeah. We've lost – well, for the Heat, we are. We, we, yeah, we this had season. Some- with this season, this season, yeah. Now we, we yeah, are going back to um, what day did I say? We're going back to Duffy's, Duffy's in, in North Miami Beach. Yep, in March. Duffy's in yeah. North Miami Beach in March. Uh, I think it's a I think it's against the Bucks. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. We, we 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 we've already had two Bucks games. Oh, well, actually, we've had yeah two Bucks games. One we've well, yeah, two of them. We lost one and then we won one. So we're going back uh, for another one. So we'll have an episode again. We're going to do one after the uh, the Washington game. And then we're going to have Nikias Duncan on, as I said, to issue his formal apology to Tyler Hero and read some mean tweets. Thanks for joining us, and check out 5 Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.